Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once all entrusted to God's holy people. everyone and welcome to our podcast standing firm defenders of faith uh, my name is candace paul author of best-selling novel spiritual warfare and i am here with one of my co-hosts david chandler also a best-selling novelist and we are going to talk about the charismatic movement now before we get into that make sure that you like and subscribe to this channel so that you can get the latest episodes of each of our podcasts so david let's just get started what's the charismatic movement and why is this something that we as christians should be paying attention to well the modern day pentecostal charismatic movement is is based off of uh acts chapter Two, and of course, you know that the day of Pentecost was about 50 days after the um, ascension. Well, actually, it was yeah, it was about 50 days after Christ resurrected from the dead, and it was right after Christ ascended into heaven, and that was when the apostles all were in the upper room and they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and descend upon them. And it did. Hmm. The Holy Spirit did and empowered them. And so they went out and they preached the gospel. But the, the Pentecostal charismatic movement is based off of the foundation that uh, they can, it's based off of that and, and pretty much, they believe in what is called, or they believe in an emphasis on the sign gifts, which just pretty much means that they can, you know, speaking in tongues is still for today. Uh, prophecy by word of mouth is still for today. Uh, apostles and prophets are still for today. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, the idea of the fivefold ministry mm-hmm. apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And there are churches and ministries that believe that all five gifts of the spirit when it comes to leadership is still in operation. Interesting. And so you believe that it's not, or do you believe that it is, or what is your belief in terms of that? Well, the sign gifts is something that we need to be uh, well first of all let, let, let me explain the difference between the spiritual gifts and that's um, talked about Paul talks about in 1st Corinthians 12 and 2nd Corinthians 14 and as a matter of fact let's turn there mm-hmm. let's turn there right now 
First Corinthians twelve, and I'm going to start at chapter at verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, which was a very, 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 very um, uh, worldly church. Okay. And Paul was explaining to these these people at this particular church, the Christians, that spiritual gifts were not to be used or not to be misused. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were misusing the gifts. They were um, they were being um, they they were misusing the sacrament. Well, not the sacraments, but they were uh, dishonoring the Lord's table. And all of that other stuff. So Paul had to set them straight, especially when it came to spiritual gifts. Okay. So let me let me go on here to verse number two. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Verse three. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are now, now here is where it gets interesting. Verse four. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse five. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Verse six. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For one, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom; to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. So he's pretty much teaching them the differences between the sign gifts and the gifts that God that that are in operation now, and the, the gifts that are in operation now is prophecy, which is foretelling, and administrations. Which are, which is basically an exhortation, which is basically the gift of encouragement. Administrations, which is basically what the pastor has. The pastor is the administrator of the church, and he's the teacher. Yes. But we don't have the spirit. We don't have the gift of healing. But the apostles did. The apostles had all that. The Jesus, when he descended in, into heaven, or before he did, he he dis. Well, the Holy Spirit descended upon them and gave them these sign gifts. And those sign gifts were for a particular reason. And I want you to understand these sign gifts in the book of Acts were given to the apostles to authenticate the gospel. Okay. And so once the gospel was authenticated in the Bible or the canon of scripture was completed in the sign gifts Wayne, it, it just stopped. Hmm. And do I have proof of that? Yes. Okay. Verse thirteen. Now look at chapter thirteen of First Corinthians, verses uh, eight. Charity never faileth. Charity meaning love. But whatever, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, they, it shall vanish away. Hmm. So that's interesting. So you were saying that the 
that essentially the sign gifts, just to summarize everything that you were saying, were used for a very specific purpose to authenticate the Gospels. And once that was done, the use of sign gifts weren't um, needed as much. So what do you say to those people that say that, you know, God, some people still have those abilities and maybe it's not completely gone. Maybe they can still be used in some instances. What do you say to those, those people? Well, I'm not, what I would say to them is that it's not that God can't do these things through an individual, but it's not normative. And we we need to be very careful that we don't emphasize, place an emphasis on these gifts over the the, the, the sufficiency the, uh, the sufficiency of Scripture. And, and and this is what a lot of charismatic churches do. They'll tell you on one hand that we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, but we'll overemphasize gifts of prophecy, foretelling. They will overemphasize. Uh, words of knowledge, which is basically the same thing, and all of these other sign gifts. They will tell. They will talk about speaking things into existence. Mm-hmm. I speak into you life. I speak into you this, that, and the other. And this is what I, I don't want to. Well, I'll say it. This is what we see in a lot of cults. In a lot of cult groups, you see the leader. Speaking in the voice of God, or what I say, which in uh, Catholicism, they'll speak ex cathedra, which means speaking in place of God. Mm-hmm. And they will um, usurp divine authority over the plain teachings of Scripture and thus denying <clears throat> the sufficiency of Scripture. And the Bible tells us that we should not add or take away from exactly. the prophecies that are in this book. That's Revelation chapter 22. So let me, so, so, so essentially what you're saying is you're not saying that these experiences or these abilities are impossible. They're, they're very possible, but the idea that there's a lot of overemphasis on it can be problematic. And essentially when we're in this day and age where, um, the idea of false prophets and things of that nature are floating around. You want to be very careful about that, right? Well, yeah, we, we want to be careful. And not only that, but um, we need to rely solely on scripture, the term sola, sola, scriptura, uh, sola scripture, which means um, leaning towards uh, well, sola scriptura, which means leaning towards scripture in all faith and practice. And we look at uh, 1 Peter one twenty one. scripture, you know, pe- scripture is not uh, given to private interpretation. And then we look at 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So all of it is sufficient for faith, practice, and daily living. And every answer that we're looking for when it pertains to our faith is in the Bible. It's not in a word of mouth by a, a so-called prophet or whatever the case may be. But in the charismatic movement, this is done frequently. 
we have to have a balance with this. And I think that it's always important with anything, with anything that anyone's saying that you're able to back it up with scripture and someone's able to reference a scripture to support what they're saying. And I think in this day and age, um, being able to do that is absolutely critical in, in understanding what is right versus what's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to go into the history of the modern-day Pentecostalism as, as a whole. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I know there are, we are on some time constraints here. But I want to go back to the, I think, around this, the first or the second century. And you have a person by the name of Montanus. And Montanus claimed that he was from Asia Minor, which is the home of the true apostolic church. And he claimed that he was a prophet. And he had two women... Uh, and it, their names were um, Priscilla and Maximilla or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, the 19th century, the Urbanites, um, founder of uh, the Urbanites was a Presbyterian. Uh, and in 1830, a small outbreak of tongue speaking uh, was pre- uh, prevalent there and uh, and then you have the Quakers with Mother Anne Lee. Her writings uh, were, were called Mother Anne's Wisdom. She claimed that she was the female aspect of God's wisdom. And they also taught celibacy, separation from one's spouse, just like every other cult does. Um, and in the late 19th century, we have what is known as the Holiness Movement, which branched off of Methodism. You have Charles Finney, William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, and Charles and, and a guy by the name of John Wesley. They all taught a doctrine known as sinless perfectionism, which means that a Christian can live sin-free in this life. Hmm. Wow. Fire bat- yeah. And the Fire Baptized Holiness Church was founded in 1895 by Benjamin Hardin Irvin in Nebraska. He believed in three. He believed in three blessings: the blessing of entire sanctification, conversion, and burning love. Uh, John Dewey, Zion City, north of Chicago. He was the father of the healing revivalism movement, uh, and they, he gave rise to people like Catherine Kuhlman, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagen, and all those other guys. Tent those people that were sitting around in tents and having all of these uh, various revival meetings and claiming to have over thousands of healings and things of that sort. Uh-huh. Then in 1901, you have the, um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the founding of the Pentecostal movement. And that was done by a guy named Charles Parham. He was originally a Methodist. He visited Benjamin Irvin's grand. Uh, he visited Benjamin Irvin's church. He was uh, his grandfather was a Quaker. Uh, he he, teach, he taught in two separate creations. Adam and Eve was a part of one create uh, one race, and you had on the other side you had um, uh, the human race was a part of another race. Um, he was a racist. He was associated with the Ku Klux Klan. 
He did not believe in interracial marriage. Well, he did believe that interracial marriage started with the started the flood in Noah's day, and black people were not sealed by the uh, the, by the the bride of Christ. Uh-huh. Uh In nineteen sixties, now you have the charismatic movement, or what is called the second wave of Pentecostalism, which is called the charismatic renewal. And that was pretty much when the tongues movement started becoming prevalent in various other churches, uh, well, various other mainline Protestant churches like your Episcopalians. Um, the, the Catholics started speaking in tongues. You had a priest that would break out and start speaking in tongues and falling out on the floor and yelling and screaming and barking like dogs and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you had the third wave of charismatic uh, and, and by the way, before I continue on, charismatics were well. The charismatic movement is was very loose in their everyday living. They did not believe in separation from the world, like their predecessors or like the people that, like the the people before, uh, like the modern day Pentecostal or old line Pentecostalism, as what a lot of um, Christian historians would call them. The old line Pentecostals believed in separation from the world. They taught about holiness. They taught about not women not wearing makeup, women not wearing tight pants, uh, women being in their place. As opposed to the charismatic movement, they were radically ecumenical. Uh, they were really, really loose in their living and their associations with the world. And that's the, that. That's pretty much the only distinction between Pentecostalism and the Charismatic movement. Interesting, very interesting. So, what do you? Before we close out, what do you believe are some things that people can kind of watch out for in terms of? being discerning in these type of things what are what are your suggestions or tips well uh before i get into that i wanted to talk uh go into the third uh wave of the uh charismatic movement and that's called new evangelicalism not adopting or not being or being careful of adopting charismatic doctrine and philosophy and that's um john wimber peter wagner uh the vineyard churches and um, the emphasis, I, like I just got, got finished explaining to, uh, to you before, uh, was on experiences as opposed to scriptural sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And this is Second Timothy three fifteen through sixteen, Second Peter one through uh, one and sixteen, and Hebrews one eleven, living a simple life of faith. But uh, to answer your question, I, I think that all of us need to be discerning. It's, it's we we have to read our Bibles. We have to study. Bible says to study, to show thyself approved. Mm-hmm. And then we have to rightly divide the word of truth or the word of God. And how do you rightly divide or how do you rightly interpret scripture? Well, that means interpreting scripture with scripture. Scripture interprets itself. Mm. Um, and we, we need to understand that. And then not only that, but we need to uh stay within the context of the verse or the passage you read the entire passage in its context okay and so many christians or so many uh, a false teacher won't do that a false teacher will focus on some of the 
the verses that are very difficult to understand as opposed to the verses that are difficult that are easy to understand and very basic and that's how they fall into uh, a lot of uh, trouble and cult form hmm because essentially then people are relying heavily on their explanation of the verse well they rely on the leader they don't necessarily rely on their discernment and it, it, it all it takes is a, a leader with a strong personality charismatic personality he's well liked and he's well dressed and in some instances he's somewhat educated but a lot in a lot of instances he isn't so much but he's a, a strong speaker he's a very good oratorist mm-hmm. and people are fooled by that because they're drawn in by the person's personality. He becomes uh, spellbinding. And when he stands up there and he's preaching and he's, he's saying a whole lot of nothing, but since he's such a good speaker and he can use swelled up words, and, and, and I want to read a scripture that pretty much tells you what I'm talking about. Okay. Because the Bible says that these false teachers are going to make merchandise of you. And this is what's happening. You know, this is exactly what's Second Peter 2, 1 through 3. But there were false prophets also in the last days. And these people are going to make merchandise of you. They're, they're going to not spare the flock. Mm-hmm. Or they're not going to show the flock any mercy. And this is exactly what we have. This is exactly what we have. And and I'm going to start at verse 1 here. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who shall, who privily shall, or should I say secretly, bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow, many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be even spoken of. Now, this is very interesting. And before we close out, I want to explain what this the, the this last phrase mean. By reason of whom the way of tr- truth shall be even spoken of. I'm pretty sure, and, and as a matter of fact, I know I'm sure, uh, because we've spoken about this in the past over the phone in general conversation, mm-hmm. that a lot of Christians or a lot of um, atheists or people that just don't care about God at all or his word, they'll turn around and tell you, well, I don't want to sit in a church because it's nothing but hypocrites. All they do is take the pastor just talks about money and he takes your money and he's a fraud and he's this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. They claim that every pastor is this way. Yeah, and that's not true. Right. And then not only that, but they believe that God is the reason behind all of this. Yeah. You know, God is the reason for all of this. So they they will say that uh, God is is behind it all. God is is the reason why uh, people are hurting. God is the reason why people are enslaved. Uh, No black person should be Christian because Christianity was the white man's religion. And and of course, the white man, those those white Europeans forced Christianity upon us, which is totally untrue historically and just logically. It's just, just untrue. 
But this is what you hear. This is what this verse is basically means. You know, people are going to be speaking evil of the way of truth because of the false teachers that are so prevalent in today's society in, in, in you know today's age and and because of that it is very hard to know which way to go for some people it you know because you hear many things that sound good they sound plausible it sounds reasonable so some people may think well okay well they're right they have a point yeah and that's that's what you have to be careful about right mm-hmm. and and i'm going to go through verse three and then i'm going to end it there but and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not so this is what you see. This is what you hear out of Kenneth Copeland, Gloria, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, Clarence McClendon, Fred Price, uh, Joseph Prince, uh, Miles Monroe. He died in a plane crash. But um, you have people like Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagan, um, all of these individuals getting up there. And, and, and well, Kenneth Hagan passed away in 2000. I think it was 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, 2001, I'm sorry. He, he died in 2001. But it, same thing. He, uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Creflo uh, Dollar. Creflo Dollar got up, gets up there, and, and he says all uh, the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lie is not, a, uh, it's not just a lie. It, it, a lie is in, intermingled with some truth, something that sounds good to the unsuspecting ear. Yes. But when you really look at it in the light of scripture, you'll say to yourself, wait a minute, this is not biblical. This is, yeah, this is, you have to really look at it with the backdrop of, of scripture in order to understand. And I find that a lot of, these things and I think you talked about it a little bit prosperity talk your your money's coming soon your this is coming soon your and I feel like a lot of some things focus on materialism a lot and that might be one way of discerning things and I understand that God wants us to be prosperous and happy and content of course but I feel like some of the overemphasis on materialism is something to look out for. Well, God uh, doesn't promise happiness in this world, even though we're going to have joy. Um, we, we have joy in the light of our trials mm-hmm. uh, or in the midst of our trials. But God never promised us health and wealth. Now. Um, you know, you hear a lot of word of faith preachers talk about, um, you know, it is, uh, that, that passage of scripture that, um, he says that it is my will for you to be prosperous, even as your soul prosperous. Mm-hmm. And some, a lot of people misquote that passage 
but he's talking about um, he's not talking about materialism. Hmm. What is he talking about? I think he, well, he's talking about uh, there's different types of prosperity. Of course, there's money, and 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 see, people think that the first when you when you speak of the word prosperity, already you're talking about money. Well, I'm not talking about money. I could be talking about spiritual prosperity. I could be talking about emotional prosperity. I could be talking about prosperity in my marriage. Mm-hmm. But see, we're not gonna we're not gonna have an easy life. You know, we're not gonna have an easy life in in this in this in this world. You know, the Bible says that in this world ye shall have tribulation, but fear not, because I have overcome the world. Jesus said this. And I think that's hard for people to wrap their mind around. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, because people are like, wait a second, so I won't have any happiness? I don't think that that's true. I think that you will. But it's right. one of those things where you, the goal is to understand that happiness comes after. The reward comes after. The true reward. So all of this is fleeting. Um, yeah, and you just kind of have to put it in perspective. So. Yeah, people like Joel Osteen, live your best life now and and uh, my purpose-driven life, and my purpose-driven this, and my purpose-driven that. It's not all about you. Mm. It's not all about you. That's really Creflo good. Dollar says, you know, money cometh to me, and it's crazy Leroy Thompson, you know, money cometh to me now. Wait, what? <laughs> and the money you know, just. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all about money. You know, you, I'm pretty sure you saw that YouTube clip where you have uh Leroy Thompson and Creflo Dollar running back and forth in um in the front of the church wait you know with all of this money stacked up in in and I guess it was next to the pulpit. Oh no. And this was because Yeah, this was because the um the parishioners were throwing money at their feet. Wow. They were literally throwing money at their feet. And then after they did that, then him and, and, and Dollar were running back and forth. <laughs> running for the money. And I'm like, this is just satanic. Why would they? I mean, and people in, in the, and of course, everybody in that church went, went ballistic. Yeah. You know, and all you can hear is, get your money, get your money. I'll never be broke another day in my life. Get your money, get your money. Wow. <laughs> that but Jesus is... said, yeah, Jesus said that the, it's, it's not, you know, the, the, the context of, of, of man's faith is not in the abundance of, 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 of what he has. I'm paraphrasing. Yes. So where is all this coming from? Candace, next week, I'm, well, not next week, but uh, tomorrow, if, if if possible, I'm, I'm probably going to be going into the whole Word of Faith uh, movement 
uh, who, what are they, where they come from, and what they believe. And I'm going to be focusing on what they believe as opposed to the, uh, the, the history of these guys. Uh, even though I'm going to give a, little, a brief history of where they fr- where they're from and why they believe what they believe, but the focus of the the, the recording is what they teach. Yes, and I think that that is very important, and we will definitely talk about that. So, everyone, once again, thank you for tuning in, and we will get into this next discussion. So, make sure that you. Like, subscribe, share this with a friend, and tune in so you can be updated on all the latest conversations. So thank you. Until next time.